developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Well, hello, Mike and Dwayne. This is Emily O'Brien, also known as Sarah Morgan from Starfield. And I hear you have a podcast, which I think is fantastic. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Starfield with Normal People. My name is Michael, and I am here with Dwayne. Dwayne, how are you this week? Yeah, I am Dwayne. <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, you would never know. Nope. I think right off the bat, we should tell our listeners what they were just hearing in the intro. Mm-hmm. We got a very special cameo from a listener and great participator in our Discord named Gilly Bumsparkle. Yeah, that's his real and name, by the way. Yeah. I, did, I did not know that, but yeah, that is his yep. actual name. We've seen the birth certificate. <laughs> um, so pretty uh, prestigious family, the, the Bumsparkles. The Bumsparkles. They go way back. Yeah. They do. yeah. We were blown away by this uh, cameo. So this was a cameo that Gilly Bumsparkle got for us and it mm-hmm. just absolutely made our week so cool like at first I, I i didn't really know what it was i clicked on it and i immediately heard our names and i was like oh this is awesome i was so excited so we're gonna play the whole cameo for you it's very fun to hear emily o'brien is just awesome and um amazing and if you want to see the video this uh we're actually going to play it on the youtube version of this podcast so the link will be in the show notes if you want to click on that and check it out without further ado here is the cameo from emily o'brien well, hello, Mike and Dwayne. This is Emily O'Brien, also known as Sarah Morgan from Starfield. And I hear you have a podcast where you all get together and you play Starfield and you discuss your gameplay, which I think is fantastic. Sadly, I would probably be a terrible guest on your podcast because, unfortunately, I have not played the game. I am a pretty shite gamer, um... The last game I probably played was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on my Sega Genesis. So I I like to watch other people play on YouTube. I've seen clips here and there. Um, I probably wouldn't even be able to get 10 feet (laughs) if I were to play the game. But I would love to see the planet of Neon. Um, I'm not sure if you've all made it there yet, but I'm very curious to know what it would be like to order some greasy fast food, maybe get my hands on some Aurora with you and go to a bar and uh, bounce around and get drunk as Sarah Morgan. That should be fun. So maybe you can discuss that in your next podcast and what Neon is like. Anyway, uh, cheers to you. Thanks for playing. And let's discover the stars together. Signing off as Sarah Morgan. Bye. 
You know, can I just say that she is as wonderful and charismatic as I would hoped she would be? Like, sometimes you see a cameo. Right. Um, I've actually never gotten a cameo to me personally, so that was a, a, a thrill right off the bat. But I've seen plenty of other ones for friends and whatever. They post them to Facebook and whatnot. But sometimes the the actor doesn't live up to you know, the screenwriter's words or the director's <laughs> vision of that actor right. in a film, so. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing actors mm -hmm. who are somewhat just awkward in, in real life. Or just a little boring. You know, just like, a fact of, or boring, mm -hmm. yeah, some are just totally boring. This is not That's Emily, true. though. She, like, you could see, like, there is parts of Sarah reflected in, in her persona, and uh, it's, it's cool to have been hanging out with Sarah in game for, you know, 79 hours for me so far. And then hearing the actual, uh, you know, actor <laughs> speaking, it was awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Gilly. Yeah, thank you very much, Gilly, for that. Uh, we. I also just want to say, so addressing some of the things that she says in her cameo, um, number one, uh, no, you would be a great guest on the podcast. So yeah. let's, let's cut that out. Like, well, here's, <laughs> she said the magic words. She said Sonic on Sega. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're my era. <laughs> it's funny because I, I get what she's saying where she she doesn't play modern games. I'm like, dude, Sonic is hard. That's a hard game. So if like, you can play Sonic, you can like, play Starfield. Yeah, I just I thought it was great. And you know, she's talking about, you know, going to Neon and and doing doing Aurora. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. she is down to party. <laughs> yeah, she jumped right into it. I was like, all right. That's what I'm saying. Like she had tons of charm and charisma in real life. And it was just it was just like, oh cool, this is this is amazing. Super fun. So thanks again, Dr. Bumsparkle. Well, jumping into other Starfield stuff. I found this really interesting. So a player by the name of Luke KB stumbled upon a very unique conversation in the game. Mm. Now, this is very interesting to me because it feels like such a microcosm, if that's the right word, of a whole different group of people, mm -hmm. a whole different situation. Like it's so detached from everything else in Starfield right. that it it has me so excited. Okay, so, summarize it for us. Two people meet. Here's what's interesting. If you walk up to these two characters too closely, they will stop the conversation. Hold the, on, the, the, let me interrupt yeah. you because I've not Click the link, but I was in New Atlantis. I was walking across a bridge and these two NPCs did a similar thing where they were having a private conversation. And then there was a suitcase involved. Is this it? Yes. Oh yeah, I yes. ran into that. Like my first five hours of gameplay. They will stop talking mm -hmm. and he'll say, uh, oh, there's someone here. Have a nice day. Mm -hmm. You know, because this player noticed that happening and then you know, when they started a new character or a new game, maybe a new game plus, they went up to that bridge again. And what they did was they stayed back, mm -hmm. but they like zoomed in. They got out their scanner and they zoomed in on the conversation. Right. They were like the, the guy on the sidelines at a football game with that big like parabola that they can hear the sound of the players. Have you ever seen that? Like in professional NFL games, they have a, the <laughs> yeah. listening guy that 
can record audio from like 50 yards away. Right. Yeah. You're going to see him now, I, now that I've pointed it out. And it's funny too, because I, I, I remember those directional microphones from one of the Metal Gear games, which made it interesting. And now this was the successful eavesdropping attempt. He's far away. He's listening in. Agent. So the package has been, been returned then, Agent Byron. Agent. It's all been accounted for. Yes. Agent. Fine work. And the targets? Unarmed and unaware of what they've stumbled upon, done ages quite the service today. I'll see you at our next check-in. According to the Starfield Wiki, Aegis is the intelligence agency of the United Colonies. The headquarters of Aegis can be found inside the mast building in New Atlantis. I do think that there is like a huge opportunity for more uh, like DLC in the future. Um, I am seeing that there is a related quest called Keeping the Peace. So if you speak to Agent Plato, uh, you'll have to retrieve a package and deliver it to Sergeant Yumi. That's right, I have done this before, but all you do is you just deliver the package mm -hmm. and then it, it's done, the mission is done and, and that's it. So like you don't, you only get a little bit of a taste of the fact that there is this, you know, intelligence operation. To your point, though, you know, I mean, the possibility for lore of, uh, you know, this secretive organization is huge. I mean, there could be a lot of story that they could put in with a DLC or something like that, but it teaches you to pay attention to the little things in the game. Again, we always, we always yeah. talk about how, you know, take a breath, look around, and you'll start to see a lot of really cool details that really enhance the game. I never got the full story. I didn't even remember there was anything called Aegis. And so having this little, you know, uh, interaction between agents is very, uh, it's very cool and interesting. And, and this is what gives Starfield its soul. So Aegis can mean guidance, direction, or control. So, I mean, this organization could be seeking to control the, uh, yeah. you know, the known universe. Yeah, I find that conversation very interesting too because he says, and the targets, and like it would be so cliche to be like, the targets are dead or they're mm -hmm. gone or they've been taken care of. Yeah, but and he actually no. said un unharmed. I think I said unarmed, they're, but they're unharmed. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. The, the targets are unharmed and unaware. This to me raises so many questions. You know what it reminds me of? It actually mm. reminds me of Men in Black because totally. it, it wasn't about taking out targets. It was about covering up. Uh, you know, they just are going about their life. They have no idea of what happened. So that's very interesting. It's a lot like the victims of all my terrible jokes. You know, I, I go on living my life just completely unaware of, of all the damage <laughs> that I've done out in the universe. All the and damage you've caused. <laughs> the the all mental the groans. anguish. <laughs> the, it's like yeah. a million groans suddenly cried out. Hey, you know, so we did a bonus episode for our patrons and we answered a bunch of questions. One of the questions was actually related. Uh, that that we didn't get to it was what story dlc would you want to see in starfield yeah. and i see something like this and i go i want this i, I could see an aegis dlc for sure i mean yeah. how fun would it be to be an undercover spy in this world you know if you're into stealth yeah. or if you're into full-on james bond action jumping off the blimp and skydiving without a parachute type stuff then yeah, yeah just there's a lot to work spy, with spy spy stuff 
in space, like mm-hmm. going planet to planet. Very That's a exciting. movie title right there. Spy stuff in space. <laughs> Spy stuff in space. <laughs> yeah, user DeMurphy on the No Sodium Starfield noticed an interesting detail on a computer screen. And in fact, it's uh, details on Lynn's computer screen in the opening segment. Basically, Barrett is arriving on Vectera and it shows a lot of details. What what I think is yeah. cool about that is Bethesda could have put a generic spaceship screen. Like no one would have cared. Again, it's Most details. Most of us don't look at, yeah, we would but be if, fine with that. If you actually look at the screen, it shows, you know, the name, it shows a Barrett on there. It shows like a detailed map. It shows the spaceship. It shows the frontier. What I like about this too is when you see the, it shows a map and it says inbound. It shows his transponder ID. So it shows the transponder ID at the top. And so you can confirm it on the map. But then here's what's interesting. There's another ship there that says no ID, which is gotta be the pirate ship. Cause remember, so he lands, so Barrett oh, right. lands. And then, and then shortly the pirates after, attack. So what's cool is if you were to catch a, a glimpse at this screen before the pirates show up, you know, there's just no way the first time you're playing that you're going to understand, you know, what's happening on this screen. But now that you do know, it's interesting to see, oh, there was another ship that was inbound with no mm-hmm. ID. It's a cool detail. I saw in the comments something that was pointed out as well. The fact that ships have specific uh, transponder IDs if you have the Razor Leaf ship, you can modify it a ton mm-hmm. and make it look completely different. And then enemies will still say, oh, the Mantis is here. Like they recognize the ship. Well, it makes sense because each ship has a transponder ID. Yeah. If you take apart the the Razor Leaf, you'll actually hear a voice, uh, not unlike Johnny number five. He says, no, disassemble. And it gets really <laughs> mad if you try to you know, take, take the Razor Leaf apart. So. That's right. And it's just mm-hmm. too heartbreaking. It's just too heartbreaking to do that. So That's why I've can't. never modified the Razor Leaf to this day. Speaking of ships, I have to say, like, as someone who started a new character, a little a tip for anyone starting out, I think you got to go for that Freestar Collective missions first. Hmm. Okay. The ship that you get as a reward is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Star Eagle. Oh, nice! So I've seen, yeah. I've seen that as a tip for you know someone starting out. I'm I'm currently rocking uh, some random ecliptic stiletto, is what it's called. It's a fine ship. I don't know. It's better than the Razor Leaf. I, I just picked it up randomly on a planet, and like it does well in battle. I was able to yeah do a lot in battle with that thing. So yeah, but I I would like to get the uh, star eagle. I've actually seen someone modify it to look like an actual eagle. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Just flying through space. So I thought this was funny. A user named uh, FaxMyGuy said, thanks Todd, because they had uh, an expert level lock that they Digi picked their way through, and it ha- it was totally empty. It's just nothing <laughs> nice. inside. So remember the uh, fu door in Fallout Three. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's I believe either two yeah. or three doors that you lock pick out in the the wasteland somewhere, and by the time you open the second door, 
you know, it's basically just graffiti that says F you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is the Starfield version of, of that, uh, yeah. I guess. You know, what's funny, it's funny, though, little, is uh, it is a buzzkill because the, the digi pick, you know, it is what it is. It's unlocking a thing. And sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's a fun mini game. It's satisfying when you do get it right. But to have nothing as a payoff, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a kick below the belt right there. I'm kind of enjoying the character that I'm playing now. Like my first character, I I wanted to pick locks all the way up to master. And mm -hmm. so you kind of get some cool abilities to, you know, you can bank some automatic unlocks of mm -hmm. certain levels and, and, you know, you can turn the the ring blue if it's one that you can do but i gotta say like my new character i haven't put anything into lock picking and it's kind of just like an easier life because you save a like, lot of time not goofing around yeah hunting for just, digi picks which they're usually pretty hidden they're not once in a while there was one sitting on a desk but yeah. if you're not like scanning every see, possible though. yeah I now try to remember, like, anytime I stop in town, like, especially since I'm doing a melee class, mm -hmm. I now have to stop at shops all the time just to buy med packs, mm -hmm. uh, those types of things. And then I also just check their miscellaneous for digipix because that's not something I did before. Yeah, I, I got to say, like, I'm going through a level and it's just like, you can't unlock this. You can't pick this. You can't pick this. I'm like, all right, cool. And I just move on with my life. Honestly. <laughs> kind of nice. Although the five XP is nice when you un unlock something, I mean, I guess yeah. it's not. It should be like twenty five, <laughs> but at least it's something. Um, usually, it's not. Sometimes it's worth it, but usually it's like a hundred and fifty cred stick. Which when a when a terror brew costs seventy five creds, is it really <laughs> yeah. worth it? You know, like uh, when I think of creds in this game, I think of divide by ten. So if you pick up a cred stick that's got 136 credits on it, that's really like $13.60 is what you just found. Right. That's kind of how you should remember it. I definitely, I have a love-hate relationship with scavenging in the game. And I think I'm leaning towards love now. But at first, I remember thinking how much you just don't find anything good. Like it's a, it's a lot of junk. I mean, and... That's coming from a longtime Bethesda game player. Mm. I can't imagine what it's like for someone, you know, we've we've talked about people that they they come from games where anything that can be picked up is an item you can use or it's mm -hmm. important. And that's not how it is in Bethesda games. Um, and at first I was just like, man, it's like really rare to find something good. I think I kind of like it now. Someone, and I, I apologize to our dis, this Discord user, I don't remember who was saying it, but someone was mentioning in our Discord that they just really like scavenging. You go into a room and you're just like opening lockers and just looking at all the stuff. And right. then every so often when you find something that you're like, ooh, this is useful. It's a little bit more exciting, I guess. There's two kinds of people in this world. There's the person that will rake through a pile of Lego for hours looking for that one <laughs> one by three blue, you know, Lego piece. 
And then there's the person yep. who will find any color as long as it fits or three yeah. single ones to put in that space just to get to move on. So you're right. Like people that enjoy scavenging are going to love scavenging, but you don't have to. It's not it's not like, hey, yeah. you can't move forward in this game if you don't find the three things in this level. It's just a bonus. See, yeah. And that's the thing is if you don't like scavenging, ignore it until you see a color bar show up. So you know, oh, it's a rare item, epic, or a legendary. Mm -hmm. I'm different from day to day. So there are some days where I'm going to pick up everything useful. And there's other days where I'm like, I'll pick up something if it's a legendary. Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about it is whatever your mood is for the day, you can decide to sit there and endlessly scan the environment for the next digit pick. I think I'm going to love scavenging when uh, the the survival update comes out because mm -hmm. food will get more important, I mm -hmm. presume. Absolutely. You're going to spend a lot more time making sure your health is up there and you're going to be more careful. You're not just going to run into battles. Yeah. Man, you know what I loved too? I loved how in Skyrim and Fallout survival modes, Fallout 4 survival, I, I felt like I was actually hunting because you would pick up like mole rat chunks and they they wouldn't give you that much until you went to a cooking station and you actually like, you go up and you cook. Like mm. you're actually putting together recipes mm -hmm. uh, for food that will actually help you. I like, they have cooking stations in the game and like in Starfield and I hardly ever use them. Maybe right. to make alien tea for more X, XP bonus. That's what I'm excited for. Like, I want to be out there feeling like I need to hunt and collect food. And Remember in Lost Boys, Michael, you're eating maggots. Well, that reminded me when you said you're like cooking rats. <laughs> you right, realize yeah. you're cooking a rat to eat mole rats. Yeah. That was also the other thing is like you're cooking out the rads. If you eat it raw, then it's like you're radioactive. But if you cook out the rads, then, you know, it's way better, <laughs> way better for your health. You know, this makes me wonder what is going to, to come first, Starfield's survival mode or Fallout 4's Series X update that they've been talking about for mm. over a year, whichever one comes first. That's what I'm going to jump on. Right. <laughs> um, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, I think this is funny about Bethesda games. Right before Starfield came out, I was like, man, <laughs> when Starfield comes out, I don't know if I'm ever going to want to play Skyrim again. I don't know if I'll ever want to play Fallout 4 again. Mm -hmm. um, not true. Not true. Uh, I have I, loved Starfield, but I'm excited to get back to those other worlds at some point. Yeah, I... Almost booted up uh, uh, Fallout 4 today because I kind of rage quit at the very end of the game last time. And I figured out what I'm going to do for that moral dilemma. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. you played the game. But at the end, I've decided the route I'm going to take before I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I just was like, I can't play anymore, but I want to go back and play yeah. it now. So. It's like, I want to play Fallout 4 again, but knowing that they're working on this like next-gen update mm -hmm. and haven't released it yet, I'm like, all right, I'll wait. There you <laughs> I go. I guess I'll play more Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> Twist my arm. Well Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, apparently, Michael, level 70 plus systems have new points of interest. I did not know this. Yeah, so this is interesting that they are finding these different POIs that, you know, are sort of on the the outer reaches of space. Right. You know what they're talking about. Like, actually, the oil rig would be one of these, right? The abandoned... Yes. Yep, that's one of them. The abandoned mining platform uh, Mm -hmm. is definitely one of those, like, not only that it's in higher level systems, I don't know about 70 plus, but... Not only that, but also the way it's designed, it's, it has all these icicles on it. So I believe you can only find it in like super cold planets or moons. It makes me wonder if this was the right route to go. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with this. Let's say a yeah. lot of people complained because they felt like once you saw all the available points of interest up to level 50, you were just getting repeats, which is a valid you know, concern. But what they didn't realize is if you made it to some of these high-end systems, in which you can visit these systems at level 50, but... You know, yeah, you can go anytime. Mm-hmm. But maybe they wouldn't have even run into these other new points of interest because they never made it that far out, either because they had a yeah. ship that wouldn't, you know, wasn't easy to get there or just took too many jumps or they got distracted before they made it. It is definitely pros and cons. The cons of not just spreading out all these POIs like from the beginning is that you have people running into the same POIs over and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, how many are we talking? This person has a few photos of POIs that I have seen a ton of times from the beginning of the game. Mm. So this is another one of those situations where every player's experience is different. Man, there's at least five or six POIs in these images that I've Mm -hmm. not seen myself. That's incredible because you have how many hours now? 350? I have to have over 350. I, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I, I would need to check, but I, yeah. I've played a lot. Through NG3 on your main, and then your new character is level 30-ish? Uh, just about 20, level 20. Okay. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know because, yeah, I, I already mentioned the cons of, you know, people thinking that there's too many repeats. The repeats don't bother me. Skyrim even had you go to the same dungeons you know, for mm-hmm. multiple quests. So this is just like that, except they're on different planets. I don't. I mean, to me, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because that sounds better to me. Yeah. But the positive is that you are being rewarded for your growth and exploring further reaches of space. Right. From a design standpoint, they had to have more incentives, a incentive to go to outer systems with you know, higher level enemies and stuff other than the fact that you are looking for stuff that's on your level to kill. You don't want to have a interaction that is no challenge to your character whatsoever. You want to actually be challenged a little bit and have fun. So why not throw in some new and different POIs at that point? I saw a great suggestion on Reddit. Somebody said that the Crimson Fleet should buy unregistered ships. Yeah, they that should. That makes sense to me. They totally should. I agree with that. You need a place to offload these without having to register them. I mean, that's asinine. 
And they definitely could, you know, there can always be like a percentage hit, you know, that you take because mm -hmm. that's the thing about, you know, the criminal underworld and buying and selling stolen goods is you always sell them for way below market price. Right. And you think about but, someone stealing your bike, um, they scratch the serial number off <laughs> and then they put it on yeah. Craigslist. So, you know, yeah. the Crimson Fleet could be the Craigslist list of space. I think it would be a really cool dynamic, like being in the Crimson Fleet, you know, it, not just as a double agent, but let's say you really commit to it. Mm -hmm. You should get some pretty extreme challenges and then some big bonuses. I think, right. I think that's what I would love to see. It feels very, almost very same, no matter what faction you align with. Mm -hmm. Whereas, man, what if being a pirate was so crazy that it was very difficult for you to even get into New Atlantis. Agreed. Like, and you had to even like don a foot there. Mm -hmm, you had to put a, a disguise on in order to to go in there. And you had to have some kind of tech that would allow you to pass the scan when you walk into, you know, the main city area there. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah. there's a lot of potential. Maybe a modder could do something more with the Crimson Fleet. Yeah. Or maybe Bethesda will in a in a DLC. Be nice. Yeah. It'd be cool. That, I do think, I mean, cool. registering a ship is pretty pricey, right? It's not something like every <laughs> ship you steal, you're, you could register it, but it's going to cost you. Yeah. When you want to sell a ship, you can't sell it unless it's registered. And mm -hmm. when you do that, it takes so much out that you end up, you only make like 3,000 credits or something. <laughs> right. It feels very bureaucratic and punitive to have to register something you feel like you're going down to the dmv and you're standing in line i mean there is a way uh there's a way to get around selling without registering there but is? that is an exploit uh, yeah oh okay well what is it as consummate professionals that we are ah, of course of we course. we won't mention how to do it but it's very easy to find mm -hmm. on online yeah. yeah open up netscape <laughs> <laughs> first uh connect your 20 8.6 baud modem to AOL. Open up the AOL Game browser. Genie. Game Genie. You yeah. have to use, plug the Starfield cartridge into the Game Genie and then <laughs> the Game Genie into the into your Xbox. Dude, that'd be cool like to make a label for a Nintendo cartridge with Starfield logo on it. Some people they'll make fake uh like video videos of um like fake video games or even sometimes they'll make actual video games that are uh don't, what do they call them like D makes? Like I instead of a remake, it's a demake. Interesting. Basically, like they'll take modern games and then try to make like an eight-bit, oh, you know, Nintendo right. version of it. That's awesome. I would love a Starfield demake. Absolutely. I would play that. Yeah, I, I would love to hear that theme in the Nintendo eight-bit goodness. Michael, we were talking about our film school history together, and do you know that we met under the guise of a world famous movie director yeah, yeah but we're not going to tell you yeah. who it is because nope. we're saving that for our patreon only bonus episode that we just recorded right before this one where we talk about uh that particular director yeah this bonus episode was a lot of fun answering questions uh from our patrons and we're gonna do a little preview of that bonus episode right now <laughs> On my keyboard, there are no letters or numbers or markings whatsoever. I use a completely black keyboard. Sometimes 
those uh, users might quick reference by looking at their keyboard, making sure they're pressing the right buttons or their keys, their fingers are right. oriented in the right spot. I don't have that luxury. Okay. Why? Why do you do that, by the way? Because <laughs> I, I have I found your keyboard nearly impossible to use. That is why I do it. It's my own little <laughs> form of security. It's also why I have a stick shift car. Yeah. Yeah, so if you like that, you can get the link in the show notes to our Patreon. Yeah, click the link and head over to our Patreon page to see how you can help support the show and gain uh, access to that bonus episode and tons of other goodies. Welcome, foolish mortals. I've actually seen this before, but I forgot about it until you had uh, put this in our show notes, Mm -hmm. that there's a pretty cool Skyrim reference Found right. in Starfield uh, during the Crimson Fleet Legacy, uh, Crix Legacy quest line. Right. And I probably went right past this when I did that quest line, but I'm sure you noticed it being a, you know, a big time Skyrim player. You would think so, but no, I, I actually didn't really? notice hmm. at all. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't catch it, but I'm glad somebody pointed it out. So basically, when you first meet Mathis in the Crimson Fleet quest line, you can look at the D-Block prisoner list. Mm-hmm. And one of the names there is Delvin Mallory. So that appears on the list, and that is a shout-out to uh, Skyrim's Thieves Guild member uh, mm. by the same name. So wow. I th- yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. He must have opened up a temporal displacement in Skyrim and was warped uh, you know, a million years into the future to yeah. then be incarcerated on cricks. You know, I know that we're still waiting for official mod support for Starfield, but with how many mods are out there for Skyrim, I mean, I haven't looked at this at all, but there must be people that are running around Skyrim as a character from Starfield, I would think. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't even looked at this at it's all. It's crossed but... somebody's mind. One of those modders out there is doing that. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's, yeah, I'm sure it's being worked on. He called it the Star Rim mod. Or Skyfield. All right, Michael, you know how we were discussing uh, Barrett's information showed up on that screen early on? Well, we have our very own drive channel where you can show us your ship on our screen. How about that? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was two, two I, out of 10 really on, the, love... <laughs> on the Segway meter. <laughs> I love seeing everyone's builds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the creativity on display is, is really cool. Yeah, get on in there, get into our drive channel, show us your ship creations, and uh, be a part of the, the fun. They're still doing Crimson Fleet ships as of this recording. By the time you hear this, it will have changed to a new theme. And we also have our Starfield Adventure Club, as always. Um, we actually have some fresh blood. I mean, quite a few people have been joining the Discord, getting into the Adventure Club and posting. It's really fun to see um, kind of these new stories and new people posting their adventures on on the weekly planet that we that we come up with. So they are exploring Vern 2. Mm-hmm. Hey, Vern. And I'm seeing, hey, Vern. <laughs> I hey, always, can I borrow I your ladder? Of, uh, yeah, I always think of Ernest. Ernest P. Warren. Was mm-hmm. it Warren or Worrell? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, that was now his that was his tagline, right? Was hey Vern. Hey Vern. Yeah. Yeah. I think Vern, it was like Vern was behind the camera, maybe. Uh possibly. Yeah, it was kind of like the Never. every man was, you know, and Ernest was like your annoying neighbor. So in a way, we are all Vern. That's we're, right. Is that 
Is that That's the exactly message? right. Mm-hmm. There are some great, uh, there's a story here uh, complete with tons of uh, screenshots from Chance Shenanigan who, who really got into it this week. Appreciating a smart flow is uh, someone that is uh, new to the Discord as far as I can tell, but they're getting into it. We've got someone that joined also in the fun named Varuni Tunes, which I... I absolutely love that name because it's uh, like House Varun. Varun Tunes. But yeah, uh, Unconscionable, Griffin, uh, some of our good friends in the Discord uh, jumping in as always. Hey, if you want to be a part of the Adventure Club, get on in here. We're waiting to read your stories. You know, what's interesting is I see a lot of people testing the waters on Facebook. They go on, they want to tell their story of, uh, you know, their planet adventure. And Facebook sometimes can be a little, uh, let's just say, you know, not very well received in some cases. So if you're looking for a safe place to share your story, uh, our Discord is definitely, you know, welcoming and we love to read new adventures. So come on in and check it out. Every once in a while, I'll see somebody, uh, because this is not common, but I'll see somebody on Reddit, like, post an image that they took from Starfield and they include like a little story that they wrote. Mm-hmm. And when I see that, I, I just go, oh, your home is <laughs> the Starfield Adventure Club in our Discord. Right. And you don't even know it. Like you're doing exactly what we're all doing in that channel. So mm-hmm. definitely come by. It's, it's a lot of fun. Well, Michael, we got a ton of awesome comments. Should we cover a few of them? Yeah, that sounds good. Cindy K. Umek posted on our YouTube channel. She says, your podcast about Starfield is such a breath of fresh air. Oh, thank you. I love this game and I think it's amazing. I can't say that most places because people freak out. I really thought that others felt the way I do. And now I know that you are out there. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Cindy, thank you for commenting and... Yeah, check out our Discord like we keep saying because there's more like-minded people like you in there. That's the best place to chat with people about the game. And it's really fun. Uh, you know, every time we post a new episode, there's there's a new Cindy. There's a new person that's just like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other people that like the game. Uh, Exploder11 uh, mentioned that the, the contraband stealth mechanic that we've talked about uh, would have been perfectly reasonable emergent play. Uh, so that's what we're what we're talking about is using uh, powering down your systems to get past the sensors when mm-hmm. you go to a city. They they look for contraband. So yeah. there's that type of thing that we would love to see, but we also do have a correction. So we were talking about how anytime you go into a new system, you are automatically like in a fight or people know you're there. Mm-hmm. We've actually been corrected. Yeah, that's right. Blessed Elua says regarding powering down ships for stealth, if you power down before you jump in, then you arrive concealed. Okay. That seems like a no-brainer, like I should have known that, but and he, he goes on to say this is particularly handy if you need to land in the Crick system while pirates are there and want to kill you. You can then yeah. jump to the planet surface or whatever moon you need unscathed. Well, yeah, blessed Elua, thank you for that. And that makes sense. I appreciate that because I have wanted to go to Cricks for just, you know, whatever reason. For kicks. And then I'm always getting blasted. <laughs> you wanted to go to Cricks for kicks. Cricks for <laughs> yeah. Get your get your kicks, kicks on Cricks. 
Yeah. We also had another correction. This this one's really funny to me. Last week we noticed, and I think we're still right about this. I think we're still right about Starfield that nobody smokes. They don't vape. They don't smoke. We you can find cigarettes and you can find vape cartridges or whatever they are. Right. But nobody smokes, and because of that, you and I both had uh, gamnesia, and That's right. we could not remember anyone in fallout smoking mm-hmm. and this is hilarious because apparently and yes now i remember tons of people in fallout smoke appreciate the comments thank you so much for letting us know uh, jason baker was one of them saying multiple character smoke in fallout 4 that's right um, especially when you throw others. an incendiary mine at them then you know they go crazy oh yeah they're smoking a lot then mm-hmm. and gun pilot 3000 um, said VCRs and Challenger shuttle reference. I see that people from my generation enjoy the game. Pong, anyone? That's right, buddy. It's the old people club. You and I, buddy. <laughs> we're, we're over here representing Gen X. Keep it up, Holmes. You know, I just barely squeaked into Millennial, so so I get to represent that group. Um, mm-hmm. Barely. I'm finding that Starfield really appeals to mature gamers. Uh, so Bet. I really just don't think it's a game for the Fortnite crowd at all. No cap. <laughs> no cap. On God, for real, for real. <laughs> On God, for yep. real. Uh, we also, when we were talking about smoking and drinking, uh, we mentioned that uh, I would love for a drink animation to be added. And mm-hmm. NPing2001 said that they actually added a drink animation to Cyberpunk in the newest update. So I've only barely played a little bit of cyberpunk so i didn't know that this wasn't in there in the first place mm-hmm. so that gives me hope that uh this is something that maybe they could add to starfield as well right and they mentioned red dead redemption 2 which you know had that drinking the beer just kind of adds to the overall atmosphere of the game really appreciate the comments thank you keep them coming really appreciate it um please if you like the show consider checking out our Patreon. So there's a bonus episode. We're going to do a live stream and we got some stickers and t-shirts. Check it out. You might like it. Mm-hmm. Might be. I you. need hair in- implants. So please, at just the low cost of just a dollar a month, you can help me out. For less than the cost of a Starbucks coffee a month. <laughs> For less than a cost of a, of a terror brew. Thanks to everyone that listens on Spotify, Apple, and thank you to those watching on YouTube. All links are provided in the show notes below. If you're a fan of the show, consider dropping a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. That would help us out a ton. Thanks for traveling the Starfield with us. Make sure you subscribe because we will be back for more next week. Let's discover the stars together. Signing off, a Sarah Morgan. Bye. <laughs>